0: j-o-i-n-d-e-l-e-t-e-m-e dot com slash e-t-m. Go to com slash e-t-m and use code e-t-m for 20% off. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, sauté some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have um, an awesome guest with us, uh, Jane Barrett from uh, Goldbean. Jane's been our guest on our podcast before, so I'm so excited to welcome you back. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks so much for having me,
1: Shauna. It's awesome to be here.
0: Fantastic. So for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with uh, Goldbean, I was wondering if we could just start out. Um, give us a little background about Goldbean, what you guys are up to, and you know the awesome service that you provide to
1: um, millennials. I would love to. So Goldbean is an online investing platform. It helps people get started with their first portfolio. So if you're already really rich and you're already really confident with your money, there's plenty of options out there for you. If you're just starting out and trying to figure out how do I grow my $100 into $200 or my $1,000 into $1,200, we're the place for you. So it's really about – we say we're an education-first advisory business – Um, We truly believe that people should understand what all those crazy words mean. And as soon as you understand the words, you realize that it's actually not that hard after all. Um, We help people get started with their first portfolio based on where they shop. And I think the biggest insight that comes from I worked with big companies and big brands for 20 years – Like, we've all been trained from birth as consumers, right? So, you know companies, you know brands, you know products, and yet when someone says, okay, let's go invest, you're like, oh, my God, that sounds so scary. You've known Coca-Cola your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. You've known Apple probably your whole life if you're a millennial. So, it's like that's what it is. It's just buying ownership in those companies. And we built software that connects your credit card spending so you can share with us where you spend your money. And we built software that converts the codes on your credit card into ticker symbols. So, if you shop at Old Navy, the Gap is the public company that you can invest in, right? If you shop at Sephora, it's Louis Vuitton. Weirdly enough, LVMH is the owner (laughs) of Sephora. So, it's a really um, easier way to get your head around what investing really is. And just starting at the basic building blocks, which is shares and funds. And funds are obviously made up of... A number of shares or um, bonds, but it's just a, a very simple way to get started with um, investing. And you asked well, you know, what we'd been up to since last time we talked. Um, we, I said that we're education first. We have a lot of content on our site that's very short form and light and breezy, like the shame-free glossary, and there are no stupid questions FAQ. Um, since we last talked, we've really built out our learning content to make it much more relevant to who you are. So, when you sign up with Goldbean, you tell me who you are. Are you single? Are you married? You know, what's your assets? What's your debt? Um, and so, for example, me, I'm a middle-aged mom. I'm not going to be served up how to consolidate student—you know my student debt. I'm going to be served up. You should be thinking about 529s, for example. So we have this huge, big content piece that's just launched, which is based on four pillars of managing your debt, earning more money, saving your money, and growing your money. And I think there is, it's a much more human way to think about sort of financial fitness than just sort of the general, this is a stock and this is a bond, and pay right. down your debts.
0: <laughs> which is boring. And and I think that's where people tune out, you know, because there is that that fear and you know, I think you're right. Like once you start throwing in the vocabulary, it, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, ah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, you know, and so I think the education piece is so key because you know what, what you're doing is just showing somebody, no matter what sort of stage of life they're at, that um, you know there, there doesn't necessarily have to be this fear component to investing, and that it is something that is incredibly beneficial for your whole
1: entire life. Exactly. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of regulation around we have to protect small investors. But what that ends up doing is scaring you away. It scares you from getting started. You talk to someone from Wall Street and I guarantee they will use the words you need a balanced portfolio, you need to diversify across asset classes. And you're like, oh my God, I've got enough money for a couple of Starbucks. Right? This is for me. And that's like the worst possible thing you can think. It's much more important to start somewhere and grow over time than think, oh, I can build myself a big pile of money nicely on my own. And then some kind person is going to manage it for me. It's crazy.
0: Right. So, um, that sort of leads me to, to my first question. Um, you know, with, with social media and, um, you know all of the news coverage about the markets, and you know they're at crazy highs. And then we've got Brexit, and we've got um, the presidential election, which is crazy. And we've got all of these things. I think it's really easy if you're if you're new to investing or if you're slightly intimidated to become even more intimidated. You mm-hmm. know how should somebody really sort of think and process all of this information? And does it actually really matter?
1: Yes. The last part of your question is the most important. Um, I think you have to start with the fundamental truth that all of the the news that's out there and there is, I mean, granted, it is a particularly crazy time in the news cycle, but remember the news is out there to sell advertising, right? Exactly. And the more that you listen and the more that you click and the more that you watch, the more that you are being sold ads and the better it is for the networks who sell you. So, of course, there's a vested interest to, oh, my God, you have to keep watching. Everything is crazy, right? It doesn't, you don't have to be a student of history to really understand that the short term will always be, you know, surpassed by the long term. Yes, it's crazy now. It was also crazy in January. It was also crazy (laughs) a year ago. It's always going to have... This sort of element of panic, and you must watch and you must watch, but it's so you must watch so you can be sold more ads basically. So, but I mean, to be serious, there is a lot that can be said for uncertainty in the market, right? So, that's one thing that the market, the stock market, doesn't like is uncertainty. And this is a particularly uncertain year with Brexit, which was a big surprise to everyone, and with the upcoming US elections. And so I think what you really have to look at, though, is even like the day that Brexit was announced, the markets had a very wobbly day, which was a Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday, the next week was still wobbly. And since then, all-time market highs, right? It, it's completely counterintuitive that right. with all of the, dis, you know, the instability in the world, why on earth is the market at an all-time high? And it's almost, you know, it's like going hiking, right? You go hiking and you're going up a hill and you're like, okay, this is the top. And then you look, like, oh my, God, there's more, <laughs> right? And, and there is no like, okay, well, this is it. It's all downhill from here because, you know, the last couple of weeks have proven that even with craziness going on, companies continue to thrive. You know, this earning cycle, like every 14 weeks, companies have to go to the market and say, this is what we did last quarter and this is what we're going to do. And this earnings cycle hasn't been particularly blowout, but the markets responded really well. Like it's like many, many companies hitting all-time high. And if you saw Facebook yesterday, it was up 6%. It's amazing.
0: So but the markets are, are going to do this, right? I mean, especially if you're like let's say you're in your twenties your and you're kind of new to all this. I mean, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. The markets are cyclical. History mm-hmm. does repeat itself. Um, and you will rebound. Um it yep. may take you some period of time if something happens, but but all of this is it's it's pretty par for the course, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's the best way to think about it is It's not about today, it's not about this week, it's not about this month, like uh, frankly not even about this year. It really is across my lifetime and, you know, we can look back in history, the markets go up. Like you will get a better return from being in the market over your lifetime than not. And that's, you know, that's the way to think about it. I am actively growing my money, even if this year it's going to suck or next year it's going (laughs) to, at some point it's going to suck. And the worst thing to do is to say, oh my God, I put, you know, $5,000 into the market. It's only worth four now. I best take it out because I need to keep it safe. Right? I'll cut my losses and keep it safe. And that tend, they're the people that drive gains for everybody else, right? You buy exactly. and sell low. When you do that, you're making someone else that $1,000 gap.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. And, you know, you wrote this – I was reading this article that you wrote for, for Daily Worth. You wrote it last year. But, um, you know, the title is Fall in Love with Your Future, A Hidden Reason to Invest. And what I loved about it was, you know, you you kind of debunked the myth. I mean, I think a lot of people talk about, like, investing because, you know, you want to go buy the yacht and go, you know, sail in yeah. Saint-Tropez and, you know, that, that kind of, quote-unquote, you know, Kardashian lifestyle that, you know, most <laughs> of us just – you know, we look at yep. and laugh, like, you know, <laughs> um, and so what I love in there is you talked about like investing really is about using this line, buying uh, options in life. And I was wondering, would you just spend a few minutes like talking about that? What does that actually mean?
1: So if you think about traditional financial advice, right, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Pay down your high interest debt, build yourself a contingency fund, And put the rest of it to work, right? Right. And it's this sense of you put it to work for some amorphous reason, which usually has the word retirement in it. You need to save for retirement. Now, I truly believe that retirement is a construct that's going to be relevant for boomers only. They literally will be the only generation to stop work at 65 and put their feet up for the rest of their life. Exactly. My grandparents' generation and then, you know, my parents are boomers and I'm Gen X. And I think, you know, the rest of us are going to have to continue to not so much hustle, but just be smarter. Like it's going to be very, very difficult for the world on mass to put their feet up at sixty-five. So, and,
0: and don't you think that? I mean, this is my, I mean, this is my personal opinion and, and my perception is that I think a lot of us in the younger generation maybe the idea of stopping work is not even attractive. Like, you know, we want to do other things. We want to contribute to the world. We want to, you know, all of these things. And we want to have kind of this vivacious life. That's not just going to one day like fall off a cliff.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent agree. And I think, and that's really where options in life come in, like to have a, a vivacious life. I love that term. You know, I, I had always said to myself I wanted a life of adventure and to be able to be, I think, in the gypsy at heart and, you know, live in different countries. Sure. This is my second career, for example. And honestly, to have a base of money to let you explore those things, like you can't just say, okay, I'm going to stop work today and tomorrow I'm going to be a writer, right, because I'm a passionate writer. You know, you need to build up a base so you can, you know, make even, money, <laughs> make the money, but it, everything takes longer than you think in life. And, and it's not just, okay, I'm going to invest in a few shares. And then in two years time, I'm going to have a whole new career because of that. It's like, it really is over the course of your lifetime. And I think, you know, and it's frankly, not even just career. Like if you think about people who are financially stuck, Right? I'm in a relationship where I'm not happy, but I can't leave because we've got 15 grand in credit card debt, and you know, a couple of kids and a mortgage, and oh my god, what are we going to do? Right? I literally have no options.
0: Exactly. So
1: from a, I have to build that base, and preferably build it faster through investing rather than just sticking it in the bank. And that will allow me to, you know, maybe leave a bad relationship, or explore a second career, or move to another country. I mean, I experienced this myself. I had twins. And I was convinced I can go back to work after 12 weeks. I can do that. That's going to be great. It's fine. It's no problem. (laughs) Surprise, (laughs) surprise, surprise. It was like being hit by a truck. And, you know, I had the good fortune of having, you know, invested early and I started investing in my twenties in my mid twenties. And it wasn't even, I I spent a $1,000 on Apple stock, which was genius back then. Yes. Um, Sell it for $2,000 and thought I was so smart for doubling my money. But that was actually, you know, that gave me the confidence to keep going and keep exploring. And again, now as an investment advisor, we actually have to advise against just buying a single stock and sitting on it. But damn, it got me started. That's the thing. So, you know, fast forward 10 years and, you know, I was able to sell some stock and actually take time off and hang out with babies and travel a bit and, you know, get get back in shape and get mentally strong. And, you know, it was, you know, there should actually be paid maternity leave for everyone for these reasons. But in the face of that, it was nice to have the option to actually stay home and hang out and not have to rush back to work. Yeah. When I had been hit by a truck. (laughs) (laughs) Very important. It's totally true. Yes. And that's much more, you know, when I tell that story, especially for young women, they're like, Oh, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what options in life means. Like, and you know, it is, it's taking a chunk out of, you know, what you're building and saving for, but if not that what? right. And then did the same thing, built up the base again, and then stopped working and started gold bean. And it was just, you know, I am on the outer edge of risk. And I think I've built those risk muscles from a lifetime of investing, but, um, There is something really powerful to say I'm going to change direction now and I have the confidence to do it and I have the base of money behind me that, you know, if everything goes terribly wrong, A, I can go back to work and B, you know, I've still got a base that I can build from again, you know, done it before, we'll do it again.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important story. And I think when you break it down, like on the granular level, you know, when you talk about, you know, women, you know, maybe you could extend your maternity leave or guys, you know, have a habit of of getting in careers and like just staying there um, because they can't get out because they've got a family or wife or whatever it may be, Um, you know, and then they can have option as well. And, you know, yeah, you don't you don't have to wait for the gold watch at 65 you can actually make life changes and life shifts and, and really have this, you know, ev- enjoy, I guess I would say, this adventure of life, um, yeah. you know, because your, your money is is working for you.
1: Absolutely. And it's, you know, it can be, it only makes sense over time. And I think that's one of the things that's hard in an instant gratification world, You know, I know people that will go in and they'll refresh their portfolio on an hourly basis to see how they're doing. And I'm like, that's (laughs) not actually, that's going to hurt more than help because it makes you think you have to do something. You don't have to like do anything, set something up, continue to pay in if you can, and, you know, let your investments do what they're meant to do. And I think occasionally there will be times when selling is important, but, you know, for the whole, you know, a buy and hold strategy will out do you know jumping in and jumping out and you know hoping for the best
0: so how how often should someone be concerned or be looking at their portfolio or should it just it should it be you know like the news is the news and i'm just letting my money ride
1: um we recommend our clients check in once a week right so and make it a sort of a part of an overall checkup yeah. in you know where am i with my bank balances where am I with any outstanding debt Where am I with the money that how it's growing and so you're not just looking at one piece of your financial life and ignoring the rest so checking in once a week I mean if there's really egregious news you know if there's uh, um, and the thing is with especially with market corrections very very rarely do people use the word crash anymore it's a correction right. um, but with market corrections everything goes down So jumping and saying, oh, okay, I'm going to push some individual buttons and, you know, hope I'm getting out on time, generally you won't win in that situation. Where it does work for you is to keep some cash on hand and when you see all of, you know, everything going down, if you've got a, you know, we have a watch list on our website. On our side, it's like companies that you'd like to buy, but they're too expensive, you know, wait till they go on sale and that can be the time to jump in. Knowing full well that no one knows how long these things are going to last for, it could continue to go down, but that's, you know, there is always risk in investing. Um, The place you get in is important in the short term. The fact that you just get in is important in the long term, right? So we have clients who started with us in January and their portfolios are doing awesome because everything was down in January, you know, and then you have others that come in at different months. And again, over years, this is not going to be a big deal, but in the short term, you know, they're the, they're the people who got in at the right time, technically this year.
0: Very good. So, so the the kind of like weekly check-in that you're doing with your, with your account is more, you know, where am I at? Is this maybe a good time to put some more money in? Rather than sort of the fear of panic, you know, yep. my, my my portfolio's down, you know, I lost a hundred bucks this week, I should just, you know,
1: cash out. <laughs> Definitely not that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, um, the, other, the other penalty with sort of jumping in and out is that there's tax implications, right? So if you say, on the other hand, I made a hundred dollars this week, I'm going to cash out and I'm going to take that hundred bucks and spend it right? You're going to be taxed at your normal income level if you didn't have that stock for more than a year. Right. And so, under a year, you're going to get taxed at inco- a normal income, which can surprise many investors at the end of the year. They get their statement from the brokerage, and it's like, wait, what? I owe how much tax? Why? And it's, you know, if you hold for more than a year, you only pay capital gains tax, which some places like 15%. If you sell in under a year, you could be paying 35 and up because it's income tax.
0: Yep, that's an awesome, awesome point. So, we've talked a lot about like first timer investors. Let's talk um, as we kind of round out the, this podcast. Let's talk about, you know, maybe the millennial that's like mid 30s, kind of rising up in their career. They're a little bit more established. Mm-hmm. How should they be um, positioned or be thinking about um, investing?
1: So, it's such a great question because this tends to be a completely ignored group, right? It's either millennials, you're just getting started, put in $100, or it's retirees, you've got your big pile of money, here's how to think about it. And for everyone in the middle, it's like, good luck with that. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) So, this is for the good luck with that, people. A great way to start thinking, especially around your mid-30s and onwards is about your whole financial life. And you know, I really don't like the term asset class because it really does sound like, you know, I've got a yacht on one side and a private island on the other. But asset classes are important to think about. So hopefully you've got some sort of real estate, you know, and even if you've got, you know, a big mortgage, it's an asset, right? So you have real estate asset class. You are you're gonna hopefully have some sort of retirement retirement accounts through your work. So 401k, IRA you know, that's an asset and it's a long-term asset. Um, You've got some expenses, especially if you have children, you've got expenses on a day-to-day basis as well as a long-term basis around, you know, saving for college, saving for, you know, just the reality of having kids. But if you think of your whole life as um, where are my assets right now and where am I almost like overexposed? And I think for many older millennials and Gen X overexposed in property you know you've you've jumped in you've put all your money in you're desperate to pay down your mortgage so you can get started with your life so to speak and that's not a great way to think about it the way the direction we give to people especially when you have debt again which most people have is if you're paying under 6% interest which if you're paying over that on a mortgage right now, you should refi it. But
0: exactly. Rush if, right now and make a phone call. Rush.
1: now and refinance your home. Um, if you're paying over 6% interest on anything, whether it's a car loan, credit card, hopefully, dear God, not a payday loan, really focus on paying down that debt because it's very hard to make over sort of 6% on a consistent basis year in, year out with investing right? So, you'll make more long-term by getting rid of that debt and getting rid of that interest than trying to suck more away into an IRA, for example. If you're paying under 6% long-term student loan, a um, mortgage, for example, you just incorporate those payments into your life and prioritize, you know, saving and investing, right? You don't have to rush to pay down a mortgage. Like...
0: Yeah, I think that's actually such a good point that you make. And, you know, I read so many money articles every week, um, just for my own reference, and, you know, to come up with ideas and things like that. And, you know, I, I find I think this is what's really tricky about the personal finance sector is there's a lot of people out there. And I say this over and over again, on the podcast, there's a lot of people out there that have Good advice, right? But maybe they've they've never actually done a financial plan for someone, or they've never actually they aren't an investment advisor, they aren't a certified financial planner, whatever it may be. And I'm not discrediting their advice, yeah. but what I'm saying is always like a grain of salt, you know, because yeah. there's so many articles about you have to be 100 debt free, and such- that's just not a usually a reality. Oh, yeah. I understand that it sounds really good. But mm-hmm. B, you know, you, you make a very important point about, you know, if you're leveraging your debt at a very small interest rate, you know, anything under 6%, your money is maybe better served just, you know, let's build your investments. Let's mm-hmm. build your, your cash reserve. Let's That's build those things. So, yeah. Rather than, you know, if we pay off all
1: our debt, we have no debt, but we also yeah. have no money. Her money Exactly. Now I'm starting from scratch as if I just graduated. What the hell? And you've lost. And I think that is, I love that you mention all of that advice because I say it over and over again, especially when people challenge, like a bunch of dudes will often challenge our, our business model is like, well, are you an investment advisor? No. Do you invest other people's money for a living? No. It's like, okay then. So you're a pundit. Great. <laughs> right. And I think there is very little practical advice just around that pure numeric Plus minus 6%. Like that's a fundamental truth for so many people. And I think, you know, what you say is so important about grain of salt, because in going back to my very first point, you know, a blogger's goal is eyeballs, right? So it's a a very compelling clickbait, you know, headline. You're going to read it. And that stuff lodges in your brain, whether you like it or not. And all of a sudden, you know, a hundred different people have told you you have to be debt free. And so you focus your 20s and early 30s on paying down your debt. And guess what? You just missed. Even $1,000 put away in your 20s will have a much bigger impact than thousands that you start in your 40s.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Put whatever you can to work.
0: Exactly. Well, this has been awesome. I I love chatting with you. I I think this advice is so important um, for millennials or whatever kind of age they're at that are listening Um, So if somebody wants to check out Goldbean, where do
1: they need to go? HelloGoldbean.com. We also have, so you can sign up there, seven-day free trial. It's $50 a year for advice and education, get access to low-cost trading. So everything happens through us. Um, We also have content on Lynda.com. If you have a membership to Lynda.com, we have a ton of videos on everything from how to ask for a raise through to what's a bond, for example. So if you prefer to learn by video rather than reading. Um, but yeah, we, uh, have a great group of clients at Goldbean and would love to welcome some of your listeners. Awesome.
0: Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Jane, for chatting with us. And I I definitely look
1: forward to our next discussion. Thanks, Shauna. Have a great day.